This is Marcia Stonehill with Melty Ice. Today on Operation Flow, I have with me Dr. Vivine Pierce McDaniel and Reverend Dr. Robert Elliott. Please allow me to tell you about these two professionals. Dr. McDaniel earned a Doctor of Nursing Practice degree from Walden University with a concentration in Health Policy and Advocacy and a Master's of Science in Nursing from American Sentinel University. In her current role as an assistant professor of nursing at Aspen University, she mentors doctoral students and teaches in the DNP program. She is also an academic diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. Dr. McDaniel is the chair of the Virginia Nurses Association's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Council and authors several articles for the Virginia Nurses Today newspaper that focuses on diversity, equity, and inclusion. She is an active member of the AACN Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Group. Now let me tell you about Dr. Reverend Dr. Robert Elliott. He is currently serving as the chair of the Board of Supervisors of Surrey County. This is his second year in this term. He is the current pastor of Morning Star Baptist Church in Prince George County, Virginia for 20 years and former pastor at Union Baptist Church for seven years. He is a military veteran of the Air Force. He has been a former police officer in Prince George County and served for 14 years, and also a former professor of Richmond, Virginia Theological Seminary for six years. Reverend Elliot, Dr. McDaniel, thank you so much for being with us on Operation Flow. Thank you for having us. Good to be here. So please let us know uh, why you decided to join us in Operation Flow. We've been having a lot of, Dr. Vivine uh, McDaniel, we have been having previous conversations talking about having the difficult conversations about race. And uh, I know we're back on Operation Flow today and you brought Reverend Elliot with you so we can carry on these very important conversations. And yes, thank you. I what I what I like about having uh, Reverend Elliot with us is that I am a little bit older than he is, and so I may see how things were for me in the rural setting a little bit different from how things were for him. For me, I I was you know I I saw racism all the time. However, it wasn't in our town of Virginia, uh, of Claremont, Virginia. I, I think I shared with you before, we lived in one section and uh, the, the African-Americans, uh, black people lived in one section and then the white people lived in another section. And what I remember is, you know, we were very careful and uh, we were very careful not to to do anything that would get us into trouble um you know when especially when we would uh, have to walk to the post office in in climb out to get the mail or whatever but what i remember is never being afraid to walk on on in the street 
where we lived in Clown Mount, uh, I was never afraid. I don't know why we weren't afraid. Um, uh, Reverend Elliot, can you remember anything from that time? I do. I remember uh, very well. Uh, you stated correctly that uh, we lived in two separate sections of the same town. Uh, one one part of the, the town was called Downtown, which is where uh, most of the Caucasians lived, and, and we had the outer section where where the African Americans lived. And it was it was no fear. It was just that element of separatism that was in this one town. Uh, everybody treated one another with a certain amount of decency and respect, but it was just not a lot of mingling uh, on a social stage between the two races. So I, 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 having said that, racism uh, did exist, but uh, we did not let it get to a point where it became uh, violent or intimidating between the two races of the town. Well, do you still see that, um, you know, you're in Surrey now and you are serving on the Board of Supervisors. And I, I was just wondering, because of my work in diversity, equity and inclusion, do you still see that there? Uh, do you even have the conversation about it? It, the, the element the element is still in place. Uh, the things have changed over the course of time. Uh, it, it is not as deep-seated as it was before, but it, but it is still there. You still have the element of separatism uh, in the county-wide. Surrey uh, is uh, a unique county within the state of Virginia because at, at, at one time, and, and the Board of Supervisors, which is the governing body of the county, uh, was predominantly black. Uh, in, the, in the civil rights movement, we had uh, a great movement within the county where uh, out of the five board members that represented the county, uh, it was it was a full uh, African-American and one Caucasian. So it, it brought a whole lot of progress to the African-American community in Surrey. Uh, but in, in having said that, I do remember uh, at a time when there was a swimming pool in the town of Surrey, the county of Surrey, where it was uh, whites only. So mm. that element and that, that, that same type of uh, mindset is still engraved in some of the people because of generations, things have not died off in generations, but we do see uh, the two races uh, mingling and working together in a more co cohesive way now than we did in years past. Do you find that that is working in that, you know, I have found that there is so much implicit bias among white people that, that it, that it gets complicated. There's just a constant struggle with trying to bring forth educational points that are still being resisted. Um, Indeed. Even with uh, some of the staff that we have and the board that we have, we can see a lot of resistance to uh, the changes that have been trying to made and a lack of confidence. Because even even now, we still have a majority of African Americans uh, in the county government, and from our uh, Caucasian community, we still have a lot of resistance uh, and and questioning uh, the integrity and the, and the intelligence of uh, those in staff positions to actually run the county. 
when in essence uh, everything is running smoothly. So we do have a lot of resistance still. I am really pleased uh, to learn that in Surrey County that the the majority of the supervisors represent uh, the black population. Right, and that's probably not even correct for me to say it that way. You're serving the county, but yeah, you're serving the entire county, and and that was a bias that came out of me, right? That people have that fear that if you have black people in leadership, they're only going to represent black people and not look at the large picture and just really misunderstanding the whole concept of equity. Correct. And, and, and I think I think that's the fear that that lies within uh, the, the either race. You, you, they, they fear that people are not going to serve in an equitable manner and look out for the best interests of all citizens instead of just one particular race. Uh, but if, if you're dealing in a, in a governmental situation such as this, you really can't just look at one particular race because whatever you do for one is going to affect the whole. So you're making decisions based upon the betterment of all the citizens in the county, not just one race. But I wonder if that uh, thought is there because that's kind of how it has been for um, us. You know, we. When I say that, I'm I, I'm saying that uh, we may not have had, and I'm not talking about fairy when I say this either. Uh, let, let me use an example of going into a workplace and all of the people there are white and I'm the only black person there. You know, I mean, am I am I to think that that thought process is uh, that those thoughts are coming from the, the fact that that's how they thought uh, it would be? I, 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 I can... I understand what the point you're making because in my, my uh, career as a police officer, there, there was a time when I was the uh, only black officer in, in the whole entire department. And, and I was very much concerned about being treated equitably, equitably as far as promotions and things of that consideration. And uh, so when, when you are in the minority, you have a, I guess, an innate uh, train of thought that you're not going to be treated fairly. Uh, but that's, I, I can see a change in society. It has not happened as fast as I, I believe it needs to happen. But I think that uh, we're being able to see the world through each other's eyes a little bit clearer than we were in ages past. One of the things that I've seen in the rural county that I am in here in King George County is that there is still a lot of apprehension for people to use their voice and say what is important then because of uh, small town dynamics, because everybody knows everybody, because a lot of people are related to each other and just the fears of how it might cost your business or how it might cost your safety, whether it's your emotional safety, your physical safety, uh, just your your economics of, of your work success, you know, those sort of things. and. You know, it's really easy for me as a white woman to say, you know, speak up. The majority are going to support you. Um, but obviously, I can't guarantee 
that safety is absolute either. Um, do either of you have any thoughts that you would like to share? I do, and I understand the question that, that you're raising. Uh, and I think I think what because of what we have had happen in the past, the the, the story history of our past, and how we were uh, more or less uh, bumping heads with one another. I think what needs to be related to, uh, and just my personal opinion, the, the Caucasian community, is that the African American people they're not trying to. Uh, take anything from anybody or to uh, do anybody in the hall. I think over the course of time, I, well, I know over the course of time, the only thing the African-American community has ever wanted was uh, equality. We wanted to be treated fair and the same. And and when we are not treated fair and the same, that's when we uh, have had to rise up and, and uh, protest. And I, and I agree with pe- peaceful protest. It, it is not something we're trying to take away from anyone. It is just that we want to be treated fairly and, and the same as everyone else. And once that can resonate in the mindset of, of all the races that we are one and the same and we need to treat each other fairly and equitably in all playing fields, then I, I believe that that is when peace can come. Yeah, what you're saying is that we need, uh, that people need to espouse humil- cultural humility. And if they do that, uh, then we can we can get to a different place. Yes. Do you? That is my point as a as a people on a whole instead of just individual races. Mm-hmm. So, Reverend Elliot, you've had so many different leadership positions. Do you encourage the people that you lead? to use their voice or is it a habit that the people you lead anticipate that you will be their voice? I I see a little bit of both. Uh, And I I think a a good leader is someone that would set the example for others to follow. uh, A leader is not someone to just tell people what to do, but they set the example that they have others to aspire to uh, the leadership that they see. So having said that, I try to uh, lead in an effective way that's going to uh, lift people up and bring people to a place of prominence from where they are. And and in the same breath, I can see those who I lead uh, taking the same example that I'm giving them and, and better in their situations as well. So I, I, I believe not only in lip service, but in the deeds that you do too makes an effective leader. And then how do you blend that with being on the board of supervisors and in the leadership of the town that you're in, uh, how do you promote and encourage an actual democracy where everybody is using their voice and saying what is important to them as individuals? Well, in, in, in the sense of being on the board of supervisors, it is it's always welcome to hear from the community because you're making a lot of decisions that's going to affect everyone. And you have to take in consideration the thoughts and the desires of the people because that's who you're there to serve. Uh, Again, when you talk about leadership, you cannot be a leader if you have no one following you. And the way to get people to follow you is to address their needs and concerns. So we, we, uh, I as a leader, 
I want to hear from the people that I'm leading so I can do what's best for everyone. Do you have a hard time getting people to let you know uh, what they prefer? You know, again, for with small town politics, afraid that if they, you know, sometimes people are afraid that if they want something that they know that you personally don't want, but because you represent the people, you're supposed to represent the people, right? Um, do you find that, how do you manage that challenge? How do you, again, encourage people to, to share their wishes, their, their concerns, their preferences? I, I don't, I don't find that hard at all in a small town because being a small town, people uh, have a lot of access to you. And uh, they'll let their desires be made known. That, that the thing that I find hardest in the, the small towns, in, in the comparison of being a pastor, being a pastor, uh, more or less, you uh, you have full reign, and in, in, in the direction you give is the direction that the church, church, churches will go, uh, as opposed to being on a governing board with other board members. When there's change, that's, I, I've seen the difficulty when you try to express change, even when you can show but changes for the better, there's a lot of resistance because people get accustomed and used to doing things a certain way. And uh, because of that, a lot of times progress cannot come. Uh, but in a small town, uh, you get to hear the concerns of the people. And that, that's, I think that's a plus. It can be a plus and a negative, but on, on a whole, I believe it would be a plus, a, con, a pro instead of a con. Mm-hmm. Dr. McDaniel, you've had um, some small town experiences uh, or just in your advocacy with diversity, equity, and inclusivity, what, what are you bumping into as far as people using their voice and uh, advocating for diversity, equity, and inclusivity? Well, I'm finding that many people are afraid to to speak up. And, uh, you know, I keep seeing people, I keep seeing these statements from different organizations, different universities, different, um, different, what am I trying to say? Um, organizations, universities, and um, um, companies, and they have they make these diversity statements about what they're going to do, uh, how they are going to uh, dismantle racism, and all of these these type things. But it's a lot of, to me. They 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 are words on, with no actions a lot of times. I, I don't see where they are, they are advocating where, you know, you don't have to join a march to advocate for people. And so I, I think about a, a question that was posed, you know, when do we move beyond just simply defining over and over again what diversity is into a, engaging and in, in how to invest in humanity and again, you know, my, my big thing is uh, practicing humility. And how do we move past 
just saying it and doing and doing something something about it but what i'm finding is people are either reluctant uh, i wouldn't call it reticent they i think they're just reluctant to do so because they get shot down by by people when they come forward or they are afraid that oh if i say this i'm not going to be uh um i'm running for some type of office and and i won't be people won't vote for me uh, I, I'll, I'll lose my my uh, position or, you know, that's what I find a lot when I'm trying to get people on board with me and what I'm trying to do. And of course, mine is mostly in health care, because as I told you before, uh, the, the nursing profession should mirror the population they serve. And we are nowhere close to that as people of color uh, in nursing. So I, I just I just think that um, many times I'm being told by people that I reach out to that, um, well, I can't do that because if I do that, then um, uh, um, they may not want to, I may not be get able to get this job or I may not be able to keep my position. And I'm saying that maybe if you if you um, would step out and voice how you feel about things, you would get more recognition and people would then start following you. You would be surprised. Uh, I, I just have problems with the fact that people think that they have to um, have someone else to speak for them. Uh, even, even with uh, Reverend Elliot, the people in his church, I'm sure, he's not telling them, well, you need to let me be your representative, that I'm the only one that can go forth and, 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 um, and advocate for something that you desire. I'm sure he doesn't do that. So I just feel that people should um, use their voices and, and even if you, it could be something as simple as picking up the phone and calling your, your state legislator uh, to, to um, say something to them about uh, anything that you feel needs to be changed. Uh, I'll, I'll give an example. So, and, and I'll let uh, Reverend Elliot talk about this a little bit more, but... For years, we have wanted, I know I have, a bridge from Ferry County to Williamsburg, Virginia. It, I mean, for years. Because, for one thing, we have, we have a, um, a pharmacy desert. We have a health care desert, really. I mean, we have some health care providers in Surrey, but we have to go, if, we, if, if we're not going to have a home delivery um, when we are expecting a child, we have to go uh, more than 15, more than 20 miles. I, I, don't, I don't know how, how many miles, uh, Reverend Elliot, but we have to go far. So that's, that's uh, uh, something that I've thought about a lot lately, and maybe you can elaborate on that, um, Reverend Elliot. I, I would be glad to. Yes, yeah, Surrey, Surrey County, uh, we, we are 
in, in a very peculiar uh, predicament when we don't have access across the James River. It has stunted the growth and the development of the county, and it is, and we have a, a nuclear power plant in the county, and, and it affects us in, in an event of uh, a nuclear event as far as an evacuation. And uh, again, when we look at the dynamics of the county, uh, the makeup of the county, when we talk about uh, diversity uh, and the leadership in the government within the county, I believe that that has played a part in Terry uh, being a food desert, a, a pharmacy desert. We don't have a hospital. We have we have a health department, but that that does not give you the adequate health care that you need. We are uh, on either ca- either end of the county. You are at least uh, the 25 mile ride where you can get to a hospital. Uh, and, and it's things of this nature that I think when we talk about diversity and, and the population of the people over the course of the year, uh, we have been a predominant uh, black government county. And this is one thing that has not happened. Surrey County is the only county in the state of Virginia that does not have direct access across the James River. And that can carry us to a larger population where we can have growth and development in the county. We can attract some businesses. So, you know, when you look at uh, things of this nature, it, it makes you wonder about the underlying cause and the reason why things have not happened. And when you go back to uh, what we need to do, I think it all goes back to, and I, this is the pastor coming out to me now, it's the change of heart. Unless someone's heart is changed, then then th- their mentality won't change and they're still going to hold on to these old ideas that I am better or someone is better than, than the next person because because of race, creed, of color. There's only there's only one heaven. There's only one God. And if there's going to be a change here on earth, it's going to happen in the heart of man. That's why the scripture says, create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew within me a right spirit. That's what needs to happen in the totality of humanity. Our hearts need to change and look at one another as brothers and sisters and don't deprive one race from another just because of who we are but realize that we are all god's children and we should treat each other fairly and equitably and and live in peace what would you have to say to someone in 2021 who would say that they don't understand the need for a diversity, equity, and inclusivity type of committee. I would I, I would have to say that they need to look at things from their fellow man's viewpoint instead of just yes. It's easy to sit back when you have the advantage, when when you are the one that's receiving on the receiving end, but when you are the disenfranchised and, and you are the one that that's standing in need. Uh, then you have a whole different perspective. Mm-hmm. We need to stop looking at life just from your viewpoint, but look at it from the, your neighbor's viewpoint. And, and, and that the Bible tells us to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you would want something for yourself, then you should want the same thing for your neighbor. Thank you. So Reverend Elliot, uh, Dr. Yes. McDaniel, are there any other closing points that you would like to make for our listeners? What do you most want them to hear you say today? What do you want them to take 
from this podcast today that they can put into action, that they can put into motion and help, you know, make a difference? You go first, Reverend Elliot. I would just, I would just like to say that I appreciate this opportunity to speak on this topic in this manner because I believe that this type of conversation is much needed on a, even on a broader base. And, but I, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak on this matter. And I just, I just want to uh, encourage the listeners and everyone to uh, to have a heart for your neighbor and have in mind that that we are all one and the same, even though we may be different races, but we are still human beings. And that's the thing I think we need to go all the way back into history and look at what do we consider to be a human being. We are all human beings with feelings, with emotions, intellect, and will. And then place it in our mindset, within our psyche, that if I can help somebody as I travel along this way, then my living will not be in vain. If you just go through this life looking out for yourself, then what was you living all about? But when you can help somebody, we can uplift somebody to bring somebody up to a higher standard of living and, 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 a, and a level of prosperity within their life. Then you can look at your life and say, my life was worth living and my living was not in vain. Thank you. I would say that, um, well, first, there is a common misconception that equity and equality are synonymous. They are, they really aren't. Um, equity recognizes that advantages and barriers, disadvantages and barriers exist. And as a result, not all people start at the same place. So, of course, everyone should have uh, we would love it if everyone had equal access to resources and opportunities, but people from marginalized populations may require more resources to succeed and to begin to cross the bridge to closing this gap that exists between um, those that have and those who don't. So. So, you know, if you, you just have to um, consider the, 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 the other person, that, that's what it's all about. That's what um, equity is about. That's what cultural humility is about. It's about seeing and understanding the other person. So that would be my uh, closing thought. Okay. Excellent point, Doc. Thank you. So was yours. In fact, everything you said was on point. And thank you for um, sharing this this time with me. It was my pleasure. I would like to thank both of you very much for sharing these very pertinent and valuable points that will be very meaningful for our listeners. And I do hope that our listeners will take these uh your message forward and carry it forward and let it be fruitful in their own lives uh, thank you so much for being with us today on operation flow and i would love for you to come back again in the future thank you
My pleasure. Thank you.